welcome to the Will You Sit With Me podcast, a podcast all about holding space for questions, conversations, and musings about female friendships and how to navigate them. Welcome back, everyone, to Will You Sit With Me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in a giggly mood today, which is funny because I feel like our topic today is like, not giggly at all but you know (laughs) what we're still gonna keep it we're still gonna keep it light and upbeat and fun and I think this is a really interesting topic so I'm excited to dive into it and we're gonna bring in some research and I guess this is more of like a theory or a framework if you will from one of our favorite people Brene Brown our queen we love her we stan (laughs) we really really do we love her so Today is all about the topic of trust and trust in your friendships, which I think sometimes we forget that like trust is really, it's like the hallmark of the relationship. You know what I mean? Like without trust in a friendship or any relationship at all, but especially friendships, like you don't have much. So I think it's really important, but as Lydia and I were kind of thinking about what we wanted to talk about as we came across this framework again, I found this literally years ago and it's really (laughs) stuck with me ever since, but it's just so, so important, but sometimes we don't have the language to kind of talk Mm. about these things. So I really like that this gives us a really good framework to, you know, kind of go off of and evaluate our relationships and think about like, wait, do I have all seven of these words um we're going to be talking about an acronym today called braving seven words Um, i love i mean honestly all of Brene's acronyms are like literally fire and i use them on like a daily basis yes i as do i as do i so i think this will be no different so before we even start i feel like maybe we'll just read her definition too of trust and distrust because i think it sets kind of like a good stage for a lot of what we're talking about here how about that i love it okay so trust is choosing to make something that's important to you vulnerable to the actions of someone else which Just like so true, right? I think sometimes Mm -hmm. we think like it's so easy to trust people, you know what I mean? And then when you think about it, it's kind of like crazy that we do maybe like Mm -hmm. sensitive things to us or whatever in front of other people when they could just like really turn on you and go wild with it. (laughs) No, it's true. And I think that that's why a lot of people don't trust in relationships because it is a very scary thing to put something that is very important or vulnerable to you and and put that kind of in someone else's hands. Definitely. And then just to counteract that distrust, Brene says, is when what I have shared with you that's important to me is no longer safe with you. Which like, oof, like safety in relationships. This is something I've been thinking about a lot and how like your friends are like the ones who are supposed to make you feel really like at the end of the day, like safe, I think, and good. Like they should never make you feel anything other than that. And so when like that sense of emotional safety is gone, like Mm -hmm. that's, that's a tough one. I think that's really, yeah, it's super tough. And I think what a great way to put it. Cause again, I don't think I've ever thought of distrust or trust in, in kind of those ways, but I think it does just put out there how like honest and vulnerable trust and distrust can be um and just you know being really 
really aware and like intentional with who you share your information with. You know what I mean? Who you, who you put it out there to, because not everyone is ready to be in like that trusting relationship with you. Um, And I think it does take a lot of time to get to a point where you can really just kind of lay it all out there. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, it's interesting too, because I think one of the pieces of advice that we've given on this podcast episode in and episode out is one of the ways to get closer to people that you're either not very close to Mm -hmm. or when you're meeting new people is to, you know, kind of go out there on a limb and and say something vulnerable or do something vulnerable together. But it's also a good reminder that there should be some level of trust there, right? Because without definitely. that, you could really misread the situation and it could definitely put you in kind of a weird situation where you just leave feeling like, ooh, like maybe Ugh. I actually didn't trust that person to be safe with my emotions. Yeah, I mean, I'm, this totally has me thinking, like it's a very visceral reaction because I've totally put things out there before, like really vulnerable stuff mm-hmm. and then had someone be like, well, that's weird. And you're just like, yeah. wait, or whatever. You know what I mean? Or they're, the way they react or maybe they tell somebody else, like, Um, I think that there's like a couple different ways that this could go, but to me it is like, I've been through that before. Um, and it's, I mean, it's like one of the worst feelings ever to, to think that you have that trust with somebody and then realize that that's like not reciprocated. Mm -hmm. I think there's levels you kind of work up to it, but I think that, um, there, there have been times at least in my relationships where I've like put something out there and then realized, oh, that person doesn't care about, care about me in the way that I care about them or like our boundaries or, or whatever aren't aligned. Um, and it's, yeah, there's honestly, it's the worst feeling. You're just yeah. like, wow, that was so stupid. And, and why did I do that? Yeah. Well, I feel like it's so hurtful too, because often if you're sharing something, it's probably coming from a place of like vulnerability, trauma, yeah. maybe even. It's, and it's then a to, scary place yeah, to share and, that with somebody. Yeah, and when you try to open up and then you're kind of shot down, I feel like that is just like one of the worst things that can happen in this space mm-hmm. of vulnerability because it makes you feel like, oh, like next time I'm not going to do that because like this didn't go over so well, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, now that we have our trust and distrust out of the way, some food for thought for you, but we have a lot more <laughs> coming up. We have seven letters to get through. <laughs> seven whole letters, but... You guys, when I first heard this, which I wish I knew the year, but I'm going to say probably probably like 2017, 2018 is when I heard this and I remember it vividly. <laughs> I was on a bus and I was listening to this is a this is from a talk from Brené Brown. I don't know which one. I will try to find it so that we can link it somewhere, but she talks about this concept of braving and she goes through each of the letters and we're going to go through them too. And you guys, I wrote down what she said (laughs) word for word because I was like, I need to hear this. I need to think about it. Even Mm -hmm. I was in a sorority in college and we had this Facebook group. And one of the things that everyone did was like write like basically like a parting letter in the private Facebook group to be like, okay, bye. Like, here's my wisdom. I wrote mm. a novel. Oh my wrote, god, of course you did. <laughs> and I wrote about braving. I love that. You're like, it's just braving. I just I wrote down I wrote it out for you. Okay. I spelled it out. Now remember it. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, especially when it comes to like college relationships, um, braving mm. should be a course because if everyone was mm. operating, this is how I feel about so many things in life. If everyone was operating under this framework, I think the world would be a better place. Like if we could remember these seven words and actually apply them to our lives, like 
holy moly, like it would be an incredible world. So mm-hmm. let's have everyone who listens here, I hope that this makes you stop as much as it made me and really think about it so you can use it as you go forward. So with that, Lydia, do you want to kick us off with B? Ooh, I'm so excited because I have to say this is probably one of my top uh, braving things. Um, so B is for boundaries. I trust you if you're clear about your boundaries and I'm clear about my boundaries and both sets are respected. And I have to say boundaries are one of the things that I think people don't have enough of. Mm -hmm. Um, I think boundaries apply to every part of your life from friendships to relationships to work to, you know, I don't know, everything, literally (laughs) everything. Um, I think that boundaries are something that aren't super normalized, but they're so incredibly healthy to make sure that what you need is recognized and seen and heard and that you are also recognizing when other people are telling you when something is too much or if they need more. Um, I just think that it's something that we don't talk about enough and it's honestly like the essential piece that um, that we really like I think is the foundation for kind of everything else is just knowing your limits, knowing your boundaries and what you need and then respecting that um, for other people as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think too, with boundaries, like I, for some reason, think about a lot of things in the context of like a playpen, like what's the playpen of things that I can get away with. Right. And it's like, you know, that you can't go outside of that. And so I think that boundaries are actually very, very helpful because Mm -hmm. it gives you a context of what, what is okay within the relationship. But I think where boundaries can become really tough. And I heard this on another podcast, can't remember which one it was, but they were talking about how when you create a boundary, one of the most important things that you have to do is be willing to walk away if your boundary is crossed again and again. And I think that's the part of boundaries that is so hard because it's like in an ideal world, yeah, boundaries are respected, but let's be honest, like boundaries are crossed all the time. All the time. (laughs) All the time. On both sides, you know? Yeah. And I think it's one of those things too, like it's easier said than done. Like, of course you'd like to think that if someone isn't respecting your boundaries that, you know, you would kind of be like, okay, well this clearly isn't reciprocated. Like my boundaries should be respected. But I think there's so many kind of like, I don't want to use the word insidious, but it is kind of insidious the ways in which boundaries can be pushed or I think that we also tend to see the best in people and we make a lot of excuses for people like oh well they said it wouldn't happen again like it was just a one-time thing like I think it's easy to kind of let our rose-colored glasses sometimes put us in a place where then our boundaries aren't respected and Mm -hmm. that can lead to some really you know relationships that can be really problematic both in friendships and in romantic life too yeah definitely and I think one of the hardest things about boundaries too is that they are invisible until they have to be spoken about. So it's also like, I don't know, I guess the first time, like unless you're dropping a lot of hints, it totally makes sense that boundaries could be crossed because it's like, yeah, I can't read your mind. I don't know what's okay and not okay to you. And it's not like for the most part that you go into, especially I think in relationships, I I think once you're kind of defining what that relationship is, I think mm-hmm. then you are starting to draw the boundaries, but it's not like you necessarily do that with a friendship because I think friendships happen a little bit more organically, a little bit more slowly than like a romantic relationship. So mm-hmm. a lot, in a lot of times, a boundary in a romantic relationship and a friendship can be really different. Um, so there may be not things that we're like as accustomed to 
mm-hmm. especially when it comes to talking about it. Like I, I think a lot of people like myself included get really hung up about addressing like crossed boundaries and friendships and it can mm-hmm. lead to like it manifesting in other ways where it's kind of like passive aggressive or you're choosing not to spend time with people or you kind of hold these like grudges or resentment because someone crossed a boundary, but they might not have known that they crossed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it's, it's, it is like an awkward thing for sure. Definitely. Well, then R is all about reliability. So this is, I can only trust you if you do what you say you're going to do and not just once, but again and again, which I don't know why every time I read like any sentence from this, I'm like, chills, like (laughs) so true. And I, I, I love it too. Cause I can just hear her say like, not just once again and again, but that's so true. Right? Like, I think that we whether you're friends with someone and it's a long distance friend friendship that you talk to like once a month or maybe you talk to each other once a quarter or maybe you see each other every day it's like it is that reliability in whatever context it mm. is that you need them to be reliable to you that really creates trust and i actually think that this is one of those things that like no one thinks about but a lack of reliability can also erode trust so quickly because no one likes to feel uncomfortable or uncertain in relationships and so that reliability just really is this like invisible thread that I think goes through so much without us realizing it no I mean it's so true and I think like reliability is something that I definitely struggle with personally (laughs) I think it depends on the friendship, but I think like my in-person friendships, I have a hard time being super reliable because sometimes I'm like, I'm just not feeling it. So I'm not going to go. Um, but I think there is something to be said for, you know, you do want to be the friend who is going to show up when they say they're going to show up. Like you don't always want to be that person who just is like, well, they're a question mark. We don't know if they're going to come or not. But, mm-hmm. um, cause I think that that is, it doesn't allow your friendships to get as deep. Like I think it keeps your friends at kind of a superficial level because to your point, there isn't trust that's been established since you're not being reliable. So yeah, something I definitely want to work on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but what I would, my only counter to that would be, I agree. I think that most of my friends would agree that I am not the most reliable person in terms of like saying yes to a plan or reaching out to make Mm -hmm. a plan or even texting people back but what I will say is that I think emotionally I'm very reliable like I think that when my friends interact with me they know what they're gonna get they know what Mm -hmm. they can come to me for and I'm reliable in that sense so that's kind of an interesting thing to think about too how there's there's these like two pieces of reliability and Mm -hmm. one is that like physical piece of like actually saying yes to things and going and showing up and then the other piece I think is definitely emotional too yeah, I think it's the emotional showing up because I feel like it's showing up in two different ways, like physically and emotionally. Because mm-hmm. we've also had those friends who, when you need them, they're like kind of there, but they're like <laughs> not really like giving you a hundred percent of the attention that you need. And that's almost like I'm like, well, I would have rather just not seen you <laughs> if I knew you weren't gonna be there for me. That is one of my pet peeves in friendships when you like all you want to do is like be present and like connect mm-hmm. with them, and for whatever reason, they're not there. All right. Um, A is for accountability. I can only trust you if when you make a mistake, you are willing to own it, apologize for it and make amends. I can only trust you if you allow me to own it, apologize for it and make amends when I make a mistake. Oof, I love that. This one's so hard though. (laughs) See, for me, 
I don't think, I think this is the one that maybe I'm the best at. I feel Mm. like it is tough to make mistakes. I think it's harder for me when other people make a mistake, like getting to a point where I feel like I can trust them again. Um, But I think that accountability is something that I've always like been able to take pretty easily. Like, hey, I'm so sorry. Like I messed up. Like, what can I do? Like, mm-hmm. what would make you feel comfortable with this situation? Or, like, how can I make it up to you? Like, I realize I didn't make the right decision. Um, but it is – it's tough. I think it gets easier the more you do it and the more open you are about it. But I think it is – I mean, here's the thing. None of these things are easy. That's why it's braving, <laughs> right? Like, it is, like, being brave. Um, mm-hmm. But, again, I, I think it is one of those things that allows your relationships to heal when you do make mistakes, which is really important. Yeah. No, I think so too. And I think it's interesting because I had this one situation with a friend where honestly, like, I'm just going to be honest. I was a bitch. I was like a huge, (laughs) huge bitch to her. And she did not deserve the way that I treated her. And when she came to me about it, I felt like she was very taken aback because I was basically like, yeah, I was a bitch. (laughs) And she was like, like, like you could tell she was just like, oh, this is not how I thought this was like going to go. And I was just like, I'm really sorry. Like I should not have done that. And like, like I'll make up for it. You know, like I did, I didn't mean it like, well, I did at the time, but you know, like it just like, it was something that I just felt like there was like no way around it. But it's, it was Mm -hmm. interesting to me because I was like, wow, she's not yet in the space to receive what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like she needed to like hash it out a little bit more. So maybe to accountability is like owning it apologizing but also like making a little bit of space for that person to be like mad at you and to need to like do something about it because I feel like a lot of people what I'm finding more and more getting older is like everyone just wants to be seen and heard you know what I mean so like even if you apologize like they have to say their piece too so yeah well I think it is like giving everyone time and space to process I think that that's the same for like any of these things like I think it's again just recognizing each other's needs and boundaries and accountability can kind of look a, a, a bunch of different ways but sometimes that's just giving people the space that they need to get to a point where they feel comfortable or they feel like they've fully processed the situation and know what they need from you to like move forward or vice versa mm-hmm. totally okay v is for the vault my favorite one yes <laughs> it's a little bit longer but i'm gonna read it in full because it's really good so, and everyone should probably listen to this twice because it's really good. <laughs> You're like, let me just reread it for you just once again. <laughs> well, I think it's like, we'll get to this, but I think it's like the issue in society is the vault um, right here. Well, I read this one and I was like, ooh, if we had to pick one that we struggle with the most, this is mine. This which is, is like it. kind of sad, but yeah. it's true. It's something that I was like, ooh, I do struggle with this and I could see... I've seen it manifest itself in bad ways in my friendships before. And I think it's something yeah. I need to get control of. <laughs> I think honestly, everyone does. And it's something with, I mean, speaking to female friendships, non-binary friendships, male-female friendships, every type of friendship relationship, like this is so important. Okay. So it's called the vault. What I share with you, you will hold in confidence. What you share with me, I will hold in confidence. My trust for you will vanish if you share something with me that is not yours to share. The vault is not just about you hold my confidences. It's that our relationship, I see you acknowledging confidentiality. Oh, chills. There's more. (laughs) 
A lot of times we share things that are not ours to share as a way to hotwire connections with other people. Our closeness is built on talking bad about other people. That's called common enemy intimacy. The intimacy that we have is not real as it's based on hating the same people. That's counterfeit trust, it's not real. The vault means you respect my story and you respect other people's stories. Oof, chills. Right? Like, let that just sink in for a moment. Like, I remember the first time I heard her say this, I thought to myself, oh my gosh. Like, this is just so true that I had never thought about when someone comes to me, and I think we've Mm -hmm. all been here, right? Someone comes to you, they share some, like, really juicy piece of gossip or whatever it is, and all of a sudden you're like shit that was not theirs to share like I should not know this information right and but I never thought like that should make me think twice about the person who just told me that no I mean I feel the same way because I always was like I want to know and I feel like (laughs) I struggle the same thing too when I know something really juicy I'm like I automatically need to like tell other people yeah um and it's something that I've like really struggled with and it's something that Mm -hmm. um actually Steven was the one who was like you need to stop like I hear you on calls sometimes because for me it would happen a lot at work where I would find mm. out something and I'm like oh my god I have to tell everyone this is literally crazy and he's like you need to stop doing that because he's like that's not your thing to tell like it's gonna make it's gonna make you look bad whether you realize it or not and like you know if someone told you that in confidence like even if they didn't say that um like you are an adult and you know like when or when something isn't appropriate and you know, the truth will come out eventually if it's supposed to, but you like spreading it around, um, is only going to make you like, it's going to reflect poorly on you. And then think about like the other people who engage in that, like if you tell them something personal, like, don't you think that they're going to do the same thing with what you told them? And I was like, oh my God, like, you're totally right. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like that for me was like a really big turning point, but it is this, very like immediate way to form a connection with somebody um but it is true that it isn't like a real connection it's so shallow it's not based on your personality their personality any shared interests like it is just this very superficial like connection over something like a shared hatred or you know (laughs) gossip about something (laughs) Totally. And I think one of the things too that I have been really surprised by is that as I've gotten older, maybe been through those experiences where I've shared something and then kind of have that regret about it and have been like, I have, I should really like, cause that's happened to me a few times where like I've, I've overstepped and then I've just been left feeling like terrible like and being like oh my god I should not have said that like what was I thinking like going to that other person being like please like do not say anything like I feel so bad you know whatever it is um but as I've gotten older and been like okay I cannot have that like rage and regret the more that I've said like oh actually like if you're kind of in a situation where like someone can tell you have a piece of information or they're like trying to like get more at the story or whatever Mm -hmm. and you're like actually like that's not mine to share like I really can't like share that people really respect it and they're like oh of course like I would never you know want to like press more and I feel like that's always shocking because of course I would do the same thing I'd be like oh I don't need to know but like you want to know but I just thought that was nice too that like sometimes when you're in a situation where you feel like you you have to like reminding yourself that you you really don't and I don't know it just made me feel better that like people are nice about it too (laughs) 
Yeah, and I think that, like, for me, a place where I see this happening a lot is, like, also, we've talked about this before, but I think sometimes in our in our own, like, processing of certain things that are going on, we can then, like, really focus on things that are, like, super negative in our lives, and then that mm-hmm. becomes, like, a loop in your friendship, that where you only talk shit about, like, this relationship, or you talk shit about mm-hmm. whatever, um, and we've... I think we talked about this was the last episode, kind of those loops that we then create in our friendships that don't allow them to kind of go to the next level because we've created this script um, and and start to go to a friend for a certain kind of situation. Like whether it's complaining about a friend or your romantic partner or your job or I don't know what, whatever else, like a trip you went on or that didn't go well or or whatever it is. Um, I think that we just, we create these loops too. And I think that the vault is where this kind of starts to happen, where you start to break these, I don't know, the shared trust of like, you know, the other person that you're talking about or even the other thing that you're talking about. And it becomes really negative. Mm-hmm. I will say the one thing about the vault that, um, for anyone listening, who's maybe a little bit younger, like in high school, college, just out of college or who finds themselves in a larger friend group, I do think that the vault gets easier the more that you have friendships that are more individual because mm-hmm. I I think too, like the piece about common enemy intimacy is like a fundamental piece of growing up in friendships in like those developmental years of high school, college, and early adulthood out of college because you're just fighting to try to get close to people. You know what I mean? And you're just trying to figure out, like, who sticks. And sometimes, like, I do think that, unfortunately, sometimes common enemy intimacy actually leads to friendship, which is kind of interesting because, like, Mm -hmm. like, not with everyone. Like, sometimes you just, like, are at a party and you say whatever and you're like, haha, yeah, we're like friends for tonight. But then other times it's like, it actually does lead to some something. But I find that as I have individual friendships, like I, I really take what people share with me and I'm like, there's no need to tell like my other friend who doesn't know this person. You know what I mean? Like no, it, there's no like ulterior motive, you know what I mean? And I, it, it gets better is, is basically what I'm trying to say. If you find yourself in, in the vault situation a lot and struggling with it, I think as you get older, it does get easier to do this. No, I think that's very true because I think there are certain times where you are, you are kind of functioning more in group settings yeah. where you have friend groups where everyone knows each other. And like, I mean, you can see why this happens because also people just like honestly get on your nerves sometimes and you're like, she <laughs> yeah. did this thing that was just like so fucking weird and annoying and rude. Yeah. And it does feel kind of good to like laugh about it or like be like, oh my God, wasn't that weird or awkward or like, can you believe that this happened? Um, but I think to your point, as you start to kind of develop those friendships, like not all of those group friendships are going to be ones that you maintain. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of those might turn into like, just independent friendships based off of the like the strength of the bond that you've formed and then at a certain point it's like why would you gossip about that person anymore like you don't even talk to them anymore like yeah exactly (laughs) exactly and also like the people that you I think when you're younger like want to gossip about or whatever they they funnel out of your life as you get older and you're like like I don't have my friends now I'm like I like you. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah, want to, like, do I don't do really harm. want to gossip about yeah, you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, let's talk about integrity because mm-hmm. this is one that I hold near and dear to my heart. 
Um, I cannot trust you if you do not act from a place of integrity and encourage me to do the same. Integrity is tr- is choosing courage over comfort, choosing what's right over what's fun, fast, or easy, and practicing your values, not just professing your values. Again, literally chills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I like that this one is like integrity is such an important thing, right? That like mm-hmm. you are a stand-up person who like doesn't always choose the easy way out. You stand up for other people, you keep your mouth shut when it comes to the vault. You know, you do all of these things. But I really like this notion too of like and because of of you doing that in your life, like you're encouraging me to do the same. And I think again, like that's so much about friendship is like not just like it's kind of like you mirror you know, some of the qualities that people have. And I just like Mm -hmm. this whole, like, again, as you get older, I think it's all about like encouragement of one another and like helping each other, you know, lift and become better people. And and Mm -hmm. I don't know, you don't get that from some of your younger friendships, but I think as you go older, you do get, you do get some of that. And I just have to say, like, I recently kind of wrote down the things that were the most important to me, like values Mm. that I held really dear. And that exercise for me just was very eye-opening in terms of the things that I was really looking to manifest in my life. Like the, those values that I saw in other people or things I was doing. Um, And it was, it was just kind of a nice little like 15 minute, hand you know just like handwriting kind of stream of conscious like what is it that I care about what is it that I'm trying to do what is my goal what do I want to bring to the room like what type of intention am I setting for myself um so I like highly encourage you to do that too I just it was just kind of a fun little thing that you can do like I would love to do it again over coffee one morning like that just sounds like a cozy like great way to start the day but sometimes it's nice just to literally write it out and just have that list so that you can also kind of keep yourself in check um if you're in a situation where you're like oh, I don't really know how I should respond it's like okay well what what is it that I'm trying to do what is it that I care about and then what what would my action look like in order to make sure that I'm like living up to this like model that I want to represent Lydia I love that and I think that we should do a whole episode about that where we both do it and maybe like share a few of them or whatever it may be maybe we you know get from our audience what some of theirs are too because I think there's I I I don't like to use the word manifest anymore because I think that's like like really cheap like cheesy in the context of like a lot of people like are overusing it or using it incorrectly but I think it's about the intention right of like what you're Mm -hmm. looking to to get and what you're looking to give as well and so I like I think when you write it down, it's like there's something about writing it that makes you it makes be it real. really aware. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Conscious of it. So I love well, that. And I, I feel like too, I don't know about you, but now that we're twenty six <laughs> so old. No, just kidding. Um but I just feel like I don't think that I'm unique in feeling that I'm at a point in my life where I do feel like I'm struggling a little bit in terms of like, what is the long-term vision? Like, what is it that I want to be doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that there's something in just taking some time to really be thoughtful about what what is it that you want to do? Who is it that you want to be? And then how do you get yourself there? I think that once you kind of start to put those pieces together, um, a lot can happen for you, but it is, it, it's not like a hard thing to do, but it's also not easy you know (laughs) so I 
think a lot of people (laughs) feel like that in a huge capacity or even in like smaller capacities you know it's just it's a tough time and yeah all right should we go on to n yes okay n is non-judgment I can fall apart and be in struggle and ask for help without being judged by you. And you can fall apart and be in struggle and ask for help without being judged. But it's really hard since we like helping. When we assign value to needing help, we think less of myself for needing help, whether you're conscious of it or not. When you offer help to someone, you think less of them. Oh, that one's so hard. (laughs) I was... I was like, okay, I lied. This might be the hardest one because I struggle with being judgmental. Um, I think that it's so easy. You have like a set of, you have a certain lens of like how you would do something or how you see the world. And when someone doesn't do that, sometimes it's kind of hard to empathize with them or, you know, totally 100% be there for them. Um, I feel like I see this a lot in romantic relationships with my friends. We've talked about you know, how we want the best for our friends and how sometimes that can cause us to overstep, um, especially around romantic relationships. And that can really put your friendship at jeopardy. But I think this is one of the places, um, where that becomes the toughest. Mm-hmm. I, don't you think, I think like romantic relationships with your friends are where I struggle the most with like being non-judgmental. Yeah. I think it's, I think we talked about it a little bit last week where it's like when you get so invested in someone, whether Mm -hmm. it's a romantic relationship or a friendship that for some reason you just feel really invested in, it's hard to see people struggle, right? And you want to be there for them. But at the same time, like, like Brene says, like we're helpers, like we want to help people. And actually I had an experience this week with someone who they kind of opened up to me about something and I really tried to take a different approach. And instead of being like, okay, well like we can do this and we can do that. And like, let's try this. I was like, let's just like sit in this and, and have it be okay that you came to me and you shared this with me. And like, life isn't always perfect. Ooh, no, I love that. It's just hard. Like when you go to someone I think we all have people in our lives who are like this, where it's like you go to them because you want them to like help you figure out the answer. And then there's other people where it's like you go to them and you just want to like cry. And you you have different people who you go to along your like struggle to get what you need. But it's yeah. true. Like you do end up kind of, I don't know, unconsciously thinking less of people when you go to help them. Or it makes you feel better in this like weird twisted way, you know? It does. I mean, I was going to say, I don't even know that it necessarily makes me think less of people because I, I try really hard. I mean, maybe it is just a subconscious thing, but I don't know that for me, it's necessarily thinking less of someone, but I think where I struggle is if I see a friend who is struggling and asking for help, like my immediate need is like, okay, this is what we're going to do because Mm -hmm. I'm a fixer. Like I'm going to come in and help you do this. But a lot of times that's not it's not a beneficial thing. Like I also encountered this. I feel like a lot at work where I was in a position where I was constantly like having to interface, um, with like really tough situations from people who are reporting to me. And it wasn't until I was like, okay, well, you know, me coming in and fixing everything from you, isn't going to teach you also how to learn the skills that you need to like overcome that in the future. Like I'm not helping you to be more resilient as a person by constantly coming in and like cleaning this up for you. Like, 
I'm here to support you, but I like, I think it's also giving people the tools and support to then address that problem and like whatever that looks like for themselves, like being that safe space to talk about it and, you know, to feel like someone has their back and their support, but not, not necessarily going in and fixing it. Cause I think that a lot of times, even though it comes from a good place, we end up actually doing people a disservice, um, by trying to get involved. Mm-hmm. Or in the future, they, they feel like they can't come to you because you're not going to give them, you know, mm-hmm. what they need or the space to just like fall apart, you know? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think there's a couple ways it can manifest. I think like the other thing too is depending on how you get involved or the advice that you give, like you could also potentially jeopardize your friendship. Like, you know, if you take a really strong stance on something or try to go in and do something that maybe they're not ready for, like that could potentially end a friendship. But I think you as a person also kind of risk putting yourself in a space then where you're constantly cleaning things up or like you are spending a lot of your emotional energy, um, like trying to like fix things for somebody else that isn't really yours to fix. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. All right. Generosity. Um, our friend or relationship is only a trusting relationship. If you can assume the most generous thing about my words, intentions, and behaviors, and then check in with me. So this one is actually my favorite one, I think. And mm-hmm. the reason it is, is because I feel like I've had a friendship before and the demise of our friendship was when the generosity went away in terms Mm. of where your mind jumps to when they do something. And I can definitely see how that would happen in romantic relationships as well. And I think that during different like phases of your friendships with people or even like familial relationships whatever it is when you go when your instant reaction is to be like oh they did this on purpose or like oh like they're out to get me or whatever it is like yeah that is a terrible place to be with someone it really is awful because you almost can't have any of these other things if you're always assuming the worst and Mm so I just love the idea of like a trusting relationship is when you assume that I'm doing my best about the things that I say, my intentions, the things that I do. I just, I really, really love that. And I don't think I've ever seen generosity framed that way. I feel like generosity mm-hmm. to me has a very different definition, but to me, this makes, this makes so much more sense, especially within the context of a, of a relationship to really be thinking about the best in each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I typically think of generosity as almost like selflessness, like doing things for other people kind of without expecting that to be like necessarily reciprocated. Um, but I think that that's not necessarily like a good thing in a relationship too. like, in, you need to have like that reciprocation and you need to be thinking, um, the best of each other in order for that relationship to like continue to grow. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, should we move on to the question of the week? Do you want to go first? Sure. So which of the seven letters resonates most with you? I think that for me, it's the integrity piece. Mm -hmm. I think that that's like one of the most important things that I look for in a friendship. And I think that it is really fundamental to kind of all of the other things that we've talked about within braving. But I think that like 
unless you know yourself and are practicing the things that you preach, like I don't think that you necessarily are able to then create kind of the other tenants that go with briefing. So for me, I think that integrity is kind of the foundation of everything else with, with boundaries. Um, but I think that's the one that I resonate with the most. What about you? I love that. I could totally see that for you. (laughs) (laughs) I think for me, when I first read this, as I mentioned, I think the vault is definitely the thing that kind of like Mm -hmm. shook me to my core when I first heard it, just because the way that she described it was just so, so different that it really just, it was like groundbreaking for me. And I think as I've moved through different relationships, I think generosity is, is definitely the one that sticks with me, which is so weird. I feel like generosity is like the weirdest word (laughs) on this list, but the reason that is too, is because I think as I have been kind of, you know, over the years, narrowing down my group of friends and my individual friendships and whatnot, one of the other things that's become really important to me is not having that level of competition within my relationships Mm -hmm. and really having cheerleaders within my friends of people who are always going to be seeing the best of me and and maybe seeing things that I don't even see within myself and being there for me to assume the best and cheer for me and lift me up and and kind of push me to do those things and so I feel like all of that kind of comes into generosity I think again like over time you just kind of weed out the relationships that feel like that because I think we've Mm -hmm. all been there where we're just like we are like not on the same level for whatever reason. And that could be so many different things, you know? Um, But again, just like having friends that assume the most generous things about you is always going to be important. And like, I'm not into like blindly trusting necessarily, but I do think Mm -hmm. there's a certain extent of like, you should always assume that like, I came here with the best intention and that's what I did, you know? Well, I think what I love too about this definition of generosity is it's almost kind of more of like a gut check too. Like if you are in a relationship where then maybe you aren't assuming the best about them for whatever reason, it's kind of a moment to be like, why is it that I feel that way? Is it because of something that happened? Is it just because of them as a person? Is it because our friendship has changed? Or is it something within myself? Yeah, kind of putting words... Like, I think what Brene talks about all the time that I love is kind of putting words to something, like giving you the vocabulary and the tools to really have a consciousness about why you feel the way that you do or kind of why you react to things in the way that you do. And I think this is kind of, for me, one of those moments of, oh, this is like an opportunity to understand why don't I think the most of them? And is it time to maybe reevaluate that friendship or check in and have a really honest chat because something's changed? Um, And... Renee, again, just giving you the opportunity to really look a little bit deeper at things that I think we all feel, but don't always like acknowledge. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I hope you guys all enjoyed this framework. Maybe it's the first time you've heard it. Maybe you're hearing it again for the second or third time, but I really think no matter how many times you hear it, there's always something different that you can take away from it. And also just interesting to think about where you are in your life will dictate which of these letters kind of sticks out to you as being really important in this moment in time. So I hope that this was interesting to all of you. We love Brene, so hopefully we can do more with some of her frameworks and theories and all of that because I, like you said, Lydia, I just really love that she gives us a lot of vocabulary and framework to kind of work within to 
um, help us make sense of some of these like shared experiences that we all go through, but like don't know how to navigate or handle (laughs) or like figure out, you know? Amazing. Well, um, new episodes dropping every Thursday. You can follow us on social. Um, will you sit with me on Instagram and will you sit with me pod on TikTok? I promise I'm making new content. So stay (laughs) tuned. It'll be cute. Yes. Can't wait to see it. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.